everybody. Welcome to another very special episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, and who is with me tonight? I'm Peter Olofsson. Nice to meet you, Mike. It's nice to meet you, too. And you were, and I'm aware of you because you were wrote, you were the author of a book that meant a lot to me when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, the Final Fantasy, which always pains me to say, the Final Fantasy III Player's Guide, even though it's Final Fantasy VI, but that's right. neither here nor there. <laughs> right. Back in 1994. That sounds about right. Got it. That's <laughs> it feels like a long time ago. But yeah, I had recently had reached out to you um, over Facebook because I had, someone actually had posted a picture of the guide that you had worked on. I saw your name and I'm like, I wonder what that, that gentleman is up to these days. And then I, <laughs> I I was lucky enough to get the chance to talk with you. Well, it's a pleasure. So a couple things I wanted to ask you is, so you're mostly, you had done um, three different books, mainly what I had noticed when I was looking online. I, I think seven in total. Okay. There was the Final Fantasy guide. There was a game, uh, a guide to a game called uh, Thunderscape, PC okay. game. Which was, I, I th- think SSI had by then lost the D&D license and was trying to come up with its own mythology. And that was the first game in that world. Okay. And uh, then uh, I did a couple of chapters in a, a prima compilation of walkthroughs. And then came Morrowind in 2002. I, I did a guide and then an extended, expanded guide for that. And finally, Oblivion, circa 2006, 2007, uh, where I, I wrote uh, the original guide, an, ex- an expanded edition covering the all the material that had been released up to that point, and then finally a, uh, a guide to the Shivering Isles, uh, which okay. was the final expansion. Which I, I have played those a long time ago, but <laughs> I did run through Oblivion. But one thing I, I wanted to ask you is, what what did get you into gaming back in the 90s or earlier? Uh, originally, uh, I, actually, it was the 80s. Uh, I, uh, I had a uh, Atari 800 and uh, had read about a game called Universe by a, a small company called Omnitrend and very quickly became addicted to it. It was a sort of elite-type game where you travel about the universe you know, in basically coming up with better better equipment for your ship and mining and trading and buying low and selling high, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, unfortunately, it uh, it died on me uh, before I could finish it, but I got way into it. And the experience was um, <laughs> it was like it was like nothing I'd had. I mean, in gaming up to that point, and uh, I you know I kept looking for it. <laughs> I never got into space games a lot, but they always interest me. I just can't. I don't ever play them. <laughs> but I, I did see what you're talking about here. I looked online and found it from 1983. That's it? I never played a lot of Atari games. I played some. An uncle of mine had a few. The Super Nintendo, for me, was what really got me into gaming. But I did play some Atari games that were pretty pretty cool. I used to like Pitfall a lot for some reason. Which one? I'm sorry. Pitfall. And then there was a... Yeah, a, sure. A maze game. I don't remember the name of it. I just remember it was like a cops and robbers game. And I remember my uncle had the box too, and it had you were a blue guy and a red guy, and you would try to run through mazes. And I remember playing that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the name of it. That was fun. Right. And uh, I, I wanted to ask you: Do you have a favorite console that you've always enjoyed? Well, I kind of like them all. I've 
you know, I, I was a, a great devotee some years back of uh, bowling on the Wii, which uh, was again sort of a unparalleled experience. It was it was scarily like the real thing. You know, you could I mean you could put all kinds of spin on the ball. I've yeah I've had I've had experience with most of them, and I'm you know I I used to be a PC purely a PC guy, but the simplicity of, of console operation began to find more and more inviting as I got older. You know, not having to, you know, upgrade your video card or your motherboard or, or whatever, yeah. you know, uh, and and spend, you know, I mean, so if you really want to buy a top-of-the-line uh, gaming PC, you could, you could three dollars $4,000, probably more. Yeah, <laughs> easily. I spent... On my lap, I have a gaming laptop, yeah, and it wasn't cheap. So I know exactly what you mean. That's always what, as a kid, drew me to consoles more, too, because they were so much, as you you know, you're saying, easier to, to, to use. You didn't have to do anything. Right, right, just so. That's still what I prefer. <laughs> and what, another thing I want to ask you, what is a favorite game of yours? Oh, there's so many over the years. You see, <laughs> I was a, uh, a games reviewer. And uh, for for a long time, starting in '89, all the way up to uh, the early 2000s. So there are. Did you work for a magazine at the oh, time? Yeah, I started writing for Amiga World in uh, late part of '89, and eventually became their games editor, and then wrote for PC Games, and just the the list went on and on, and. In uh, 2000, I spent a year writing a column. Uh, actually, 2000, 2001, I wrote a column for, uh, co-wrote, I should say, with another writer named Charles Harold, a column for the New York Times called, what, what was it called? Game Theory. And after that, I pretty much got out of review, reviewing, and, you know, it was uh, guides that I was writing, you know, at that point. But there are, there are so many. <laughs> Most recently, I, I we have a, a PS4 Pro, and I loved uh, Horizon on that, and The Witcher 3. <laughs> Both uh, very good games. Right now, we're playing uh, Fallout 4 for, the I think, the fourth time. <laughs> uh, so that obviously has, you know, I was never one to play games over and over again, in large part because I simply didn't have the time. I mean, it, it was, if I was lucky, I could get through a game once. But uh, this one is just, uh, there's always something new. And the shape of the game, you know, as it unfolds is always slightly different. Actually, I'm playing Fallout 3 at the same time, which uh, somehow I skipped over. So uh, that's a very I pl- I played that shortly after it came out. That is Fall Three is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, and uh, I, I I really wish that I'd played them in order because I think I would be even more knocked out by the things that Fallout Four does. Like when you finally I'm, I'm playing on survivor level where fast travel mostly isn't an option. Until you join the Brotherhood of Steel, and then you get to use the vertebrae, and that's just amazing. If that's if that's not familiar to you, it's a basically it's 
It reminds me of, a, of an old uh, military aircraft, uh, mm-hmm. the name of which I'm, I'm missing, but it uh, allows you to fly, you know, all over the Boston area. And uh, it's, the view is just incredible. It's always on my list to one day get around to playing Fallout 4. I just too busy at the moment, but at some point I do really want to play that. I cannot kind of well understand that. But what I, I want to ask you is what, as I've been holding this book off and on while we've been talking, is I wanted to ask you uh, what made you want to write about Final Fantasy 3 slash 6? Well, I, I didn't actually. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it wasn't my idea. The magazines that I was writing for at that time were chiefly, I think, owned by a company called IDG. Or, and a fellow from Infotainment World Books, and I may be wrong on that, but that's the name that I recall, called me out of the blue and invited me to write the guide. I guess I had, you know, uh, he'd see my name. And uh, that's, that's where it came from. I, I, had, I had never played a Final Fantasy game before that. And having played too many after that, I looked at, I looked at 7 and 8. I was mainly doing PC stuff then, and they were on PC. But yeah, so it's it sort of came out of nowhere. Okay, you did play one of the best Final Fantasies, so I could understand. <laughs> one of my it's my personal favorite. I can understand that it was. It, I found, you know, it was a. I was lucky. I felt, you know, I I just sort of you know stumbled into to something that was a a wonderful game and. Uh, <laughs> That's 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 really all I could tell you. It was it was I, I would love to say it was premeditated, but it was not. That's sometimes how things happen in life. A lot of times, like how many times did you have to play six before writing it? Oh, that's hard to say. There were you know probably different parts of it, different numbers of times. Okay. And to be honest, some of them probably not enough. I but there are some mistakes in the book. One involving I think fishing. That's the one that comes to mind. And apparently, and again, oh. it's, it's, been, it's been a long time, but apparently it, you know, different things can happen depending on how many fish you come up with. So, and that wasn't something I caught. I wasn't really much in touch with the people at Squaresoft. I was, I was just on my own. It was just, you know, it was, there was no internet to speak of. It was just, it was just me and me and the game and, and my, my computer. Did you get it before release then? I must have, because okay. what, what they sent me wasn't a card. It was a circuit board, essentially. Oh. Like it was what was inside a card. Okay. So the, I guess they hadn't come up with the art at the time. <laughs> That's cool though. Um, I, I think I know what you're actually talking about. Because the part with the fish is when Celeste ends up on the mountain and you have to feed yeah. her adopted father, Sid, the fish. Exactly. exactly. That's, that's <laughs> And depending on which ones you get him, if you get him the ones that are farther out, he'll live. If you get the ones that are right. closer, that are weaker, that are rotten, he'll die. Exactly. And I, I want to say an error that I completely forgot about, but I think I haven't read this book in years. I've, I've been meaning to. Is I, I can't remember if this book said it. I know I was tricked by it from early internet or tricked by the game itself where it says that Mog can learn the water rondo dance if he fights underwater, but Mog is never with you when you're underwater. Uh, <laughs> and I, I can't remember if that was in this guide or not. I'm assuming that was something that might have been pulled from the game or something of that nature. 
but I, it's something that's always stuck with me because I remember spending hours trying to figure out how to get Mog to learn his water dance for no that's reason. I, I, I'm sort of blanking on it. Sorry. Uh, it's no, it's not. It's not an important thing. It's just one of those things that I remember because I mess with it a lot. But no, <laughs> you're all good. But it's that's interesting though to hear that. I mean, that's cool. that's interesting to see that you that they didn't have you know the that they give you guys a circuit board to start with. Right. And that's very interesting. <laughs> There was surfboard, and I think we had some, some not map, but how to describe it, large-scale pictures, okay. which were in the book. And I think those were sent to us as well, as well as, of course, all, all the art was. But, you know, I was, it, was, it was a new thing for me. I'd never written I, – I, I was going to say I'd never written a walkthrough, and that's, it's not quite true. I had written – some for a hints column for Amiga World, but it was always more hints and not so much walkthroughs. So uh, it was a new experience. I mean, it's a massive guide for a massive game. Is it? I, I think so. I mean, even just looking at it right now, I mean, yes, they, they fill things with pictures, <laughs> but I, I felt like even just looking at it since I since I re-got it, I mean, it, from what I remember, it, you did a very good job of helping young Mike get through the game. And also, like, the way that the book was broken up, I don't know if this was you or just, like, I don't know, or editors. Like, you had this thing broken up well into into parts. And it also kind of felt like I was reading a story, too, in part of a way, which I, I really liked that in this book. Well, that was, that was the idea. It always stuck with me. Like, I think that was one thing that... Because I, I, when I was a kid, I was I was terrified of games. I loved games, but I was terrified to play them. So what I would do is, like, in this case, with this book, I would sit and read this book over and over and over again, different sections before I went and did it, so I was completely prepared, even though I didn't need to, but that was just my mindset at the time. So yeah. I, I read your book many times. <laughs> okay. And I think that's what always grabbed me, though, is that it was written like a story in a way, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it was very interesting. And... I always loved all the art, too, all the official art that they threw in here. Yeah. Well, that was, that was I'm very glad to hear you say that because that was the idea. I want to give, I want to help people, but I also, as with my other books, I want to make the experience fun. I, you know, I mean, reading, reading should be entertaining. <laughs> so. And did you have a, fi- a favorite character in Final Fantasy VI? I know it's been uh, many years. But. <laughs> It wouldn't. I, I think Tifa probably. That's because, and that's probably because that's the name I remember. I I haven't had a chance to look at the book in in quite a while. I should have anticipating You're this, good. this chat with you. But did you mean Celeste? Celeste was the blonde-haired girl that is I, on the mountain. Yeah, but you know there were there were quite a few, and uh, I was. Tiff, Tiff was there in the beginning, you know, and... Oh, Tara, uh, you mean, with the green hair. Is it Tara? Yeah, Tiff was from Final Fantasy VII. Sorry. And they both start with T, and they're both uh, females in the Final Fantasy series. You're good. Who, who is Tiffa, then? Uh, Tiffa is the in Final, uh, is from Final Fantasy VII. She is the second or third character you get that that joins Cloud for the for Final Fantasy VII for PlayStation 1. Okay. Five but Tara is the one that you're thinking of, is the one that you start with, with the green hair. Yeah, okay, Tara then, I'm sorry. Oh, you're all good. I know this game, <laughs> backwards and forwards. It is something that's always... This is probably my second favorite game of all time, is Final Fantasy VI. Okay. 
it's always stuck with me when I was a kid. And it was like, uh, one thing I do want to mention is like with, with the book, because I, I don't remember how I got it. I know I didn't pick it up at a store or anything at the time. I want to say my dad had found an ad for it and we did the old mail. <laughs> he mailed something and then we, you know, sent the check and then we waited. I want to say that's how we ordered this book. Okay. Because I remember sitting by the, you know, waiting and waiting for the mail to deliver this item. <laughs> you know, that's unusual for that time. I mean, you'd think you'd find it in a gaming store or something. Yeah, it was probably later. I mean, maybe 95, 96. I can't remember exactly. Because I know I played uh, 3 slash 6 a lot when I'd rent it from Blockbuster. And it wasn't until later that I actually bought bought myself a cop. Okay. But I, I do remember ordering your book because I was also trying to order a guide for Final Fantasy 2, which I never was able to. Right. Did you ever, were you, after you did Final Fantasy 3, covered the guide, were, did, were there any interest in doing other Final Fantasies, like 2 or anything else in the series? Well, I wasn't invited to. And most most of the books that I've done have been things that somebody asked me to do. Okay. Thunderscape was different. Thunderscape, they sort of gave me a range of, of games and, you know, I was able to pick. But the others, I believe, people basically came to me. So I wish I had a, a deep, deeper link to the series, but uh, alas, it's really just to, to, to six. You did play the best one, so <laughs> that's what I think, at least. That's my personal favorite. Okay. So as I as I was looking through some of your your catalog and I saw that you worked on the Elder Scrolls games, was that and you're saying that was another one that people had offered you to or invited yeah. you to work on? Yeah, that's that's just how it happened. That um, had to be a massive undertaking, I feel. <laughs> it was. It was it was a, a real challenge. Uh I'd be, I'd been away from books for a while by then. I was I was more you know, and I had just stopped, you know probably within the previous few months had stopped doing reviewing. So it was, uh, I was, I was a little loose ends, but, you know, hadn't, hadn't really, you know, thought about what to do. I, I figured, you know, after the times column, something would come along, but I figured it would be more in the nature of a, you know, a gaming column and not another guide. So uh, this it, it took me by surprise, and it did. You know, it it was it was definitely hard to get into at first. Most of the games that I'd written about, done excuse me, done guides for, had been uh, complete at the time I first saw them. I think this one was probably in either an alpha or a beta. And, okay. and that 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 made everything a little tougher. Yeah, because I mean, I I have played a little bit of Merwin over the years. I I didn't play much. My experience with Merwin was get glass armor and then turn off the game. Right. But, <laughs> so I know a little, but I just just how massive of a game that is, and I can't imagine playing that in alpha or beta where they're going to be changing things when you're writing a book. Right. right. Just <laughs> that must have been a lot of hours. I'm assuming <laughs> playing and writing. It was a slow start, but I, I eventually, you know, I f- found my way through it. And, you know, the, learning the editor was a, a big part of that because I was I was able to, you know, to see how things should play out before I played them out. That's good they gave you some more direction. They did. I think I wound up with a, a sort of a, 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 how to put this, a, uh, a guide of kinds of okay. uh, 
But uh, I was out of my element for a little while. No, I can understand that. I mean, just with these books, I can with these games, I can understand that being something that would. Cause there's just so much to them. Yeah. Same with Oblivion. Like I have, um, there was a guy used to, that used to be on the show with me who was a big who loved Oblivion. I mean, front and back. And I, and I, I want to say at some point he had mentioned that, like he knew everything in Oblivion. He, I think he had mentioned that in the guide for Oblivion that there was something that like wasn't correct, and he knew about it because he played it so much. But I think it was a situation like what you're talking about, where they changed something in the game in one of the caves later on. They made something simple, like a sword or something. I remember that, but. It's like a vague memory. <laughs> it's it's in, entirely possible. Uh, you know, Oblivion, uh, again, was a massive endeavor. But by the time I'd, I started working on the uh, the GOTY version of the Morrowind God, I really had a, a much better handle on how things worked. And well, did you write two guides for Morrowind? There were, there were two guides for Morrowind. Oh. Uh, one, of, one of them just covers the core game, and the other covers the uh, the two add-ons as well. Okay. A tribunal. God, it's been years. <laughs> All I can remember is Tribunal. Tribunal and Blood Moon. Okay. Which was set on uh, an island to the northwest of Vardenfell. I remember when that came out. But it's been, I, I didn't play it. I just remember I had a friend of mine that was really big into the series and he was showing me Morrowind. And I'm just like, and I wasn't into PC gaming. So I'm like, I don't care about that. I want to play my, you know, PS2 games. <laughs> but I do remember that. How long did um, these projects take for Oblivion and Morrowind? How, I mean, that must, I'm assuming this must have taken a long time to write. I think maybe six months for, okay. for the original gods in each case. Maybe not quite that for the Oblivion one. It, it, again, it's it's been a long time, so it's it's difficult it's difficult to uh, to know precisely. But oh yeah, no, I understand. It was 2003 for Mur- for the Morrowind Game of the Year one. Right, I have in front of me. <laughs> I do remember the Oblivion guy because I, I have played Oblivion and Shivering Isles at one point. Those are both. I unfortunately have never seen the guide, but I did. But I did play a bunch of those games and. I just remember them being such a, again, such an undertaking. Okay. I think, I think they were, you know, it was, it was one of those things, you know, get up middle of the night and work, you know, until midnight, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it had to be that way, but, you know, it, it, it was very compelling material. Uh, and, you know, so I, I was, uh, as much as I want to help people who are exploring, I was exploring myself. Plus, I think that's just writing in general. It hits you when it hits you. Yeah. When I was younger, I was my goal. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a published author. That didn't. I I even wrote a bunch of short stories, and I entered in contests and tried to get published. But then I changed, went down a different road. But I <laughs> so I know I did try. I loved writing when I was younger. Okay. Really did. But then yeah. I <laughs> did not follow that passion. Well, in a manner of speaking, journalism. Yeah, you know, I wanted to. I ended up in a different field, and then now I do this. But <laughs> that's why I'm always like it's so interesting to hear about writing too for me. Like it always hits the hits a thing in my head where it's like it's just so interesting to to think about it and what people and you know like when you talk about getting up and just writing, you know, just working on it, like we're just kind of I feel like just when you get into that right groove with writing, it just consumes you and you just you don't want to stop because you're creating something. I mean, mm-hmm. this is different than, you know, like you're writing a fiction novel, but still this that idea that you're just, you're putting something out in the world. 
I don't understand. And I also, a couple things I wanted to ask you. Of course. Is, do you plan to write any more guides or any more writing that you might, are you planning on doing? I'd love to, but I, I was interviewed by about the Marlins books recently. And the the fellow who was who sent me the question said that guides are kind of a dying breed these days. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's likely that I'd be invited to. And again, I've been out of this, you know, going on, well, since 2007. That was the when uh, 2007 was when the the combined Oblivion guide appeared, every everything on Oblivion, and I've not done anything since then. It's been 14 years, so uh, you know, I uh, much as I would like to, I, I I don't think the opportunity is likely to be there. Okay. Um, I I have done some fiction writing, um, and had one story published, and may may try to finish up the second, but it's hard to describe my, you know, I hurt myself a few years back. I, I broke a hip okay. in a fall and it's been difficult to get back on the horse since then, I guess you would say. That's understandable. But now and then I do feel, do feel the, uh, the urge. And if, you know, <laughs> The other thing is I was writing on, on this computer and I can't really, you know, write a story while I have to hold the command key down all the Yeah, <laughs> that could be an issue. Yeah. So I'd, I'd have to, you know, invest in technology a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. I mean, I, I, I think guides have moved on since the Internet came apart, but like there are still people out there who really love holding them in your hands. I haven't bought a guide. When I was a kid, I had tons of guides for like Super Nintendo games, Nintendo 64 games. Like I would love buying guides. And because like I said before, I was I had I was scared of games at times, so it was something so nice to me to have these in my hands and read them, and it was my way to experience a game sometimes when I wasn't able to do it myself. Unfortunately, I have lost I think most of them in my moves. This was this was the 90s. 2000s when I lost them, but I bought a lot in the early in the nine in the mid late 90s and early 2000s. Okay. Like I know I had Star Fox 64, Super Mario RPG, God, some of the other ones, Final Fantasy 7, Final Fantasy 8, Final Fantasy 9, which was not a good guide. But that's not that was Square's fault because the Final Fantasy 9 guy was all about having you click on or go to their website, which doesn't exist anymore, and put in keywords. It wasn't really a guide. <laughs> it was not. Yeah, not good. And it was. I wasn't. I don't think it was the author's fault or anything like that. I think it was a situation where. Square was trying something new with the internet where you would literally get in the guide. It was like, oh, if you want more information on this, go on the website and type in this keyword. I'm like, I want to read my guide, not go on the internet. Gotcha. So, other than that, they were they were all good. But yeah, those are some of the ones that really have stuck with me. Well, one thing I have thought of doing, there was a, uh, there's a, a huge sort of expansion tomorrow when planned, which adds the mainland of the Marwin province to the game. As you know, the game is just set on the island of Vardenville. And I'd like to think that I could go back to the game and sort of write a walkthrough for for this huge addle. You know, it's probably still some years away, but that's one thing I think of on occasion. Okay. You know, it'd be the sort of thing I'd put on the, put on the internet or something. <laughs> 
Oh, and there are, and I was looking up as we've been talking, there are guy, there are guides for Fallout 4, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the funny thing is I don't use guides myself. You know, I've, I've never, never felt, never felt the urge. You um, still do. <laughs> I, 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 I look at them from time, I, rather I looked at them from time to time, you know, to see what people were doing. But it's just, you know, I didn't, didn't want to spoil the experience by reading about it. So, but then again, I'm coming from a sort of a different school. And I, I use guides still. <laughs> like when I play a horror game, such as when I, when I was playing recently, I went through and played some of the Resident Evil games from PlayStation 1. I would literally use a guide and knew exactly what they said each step of the way. <laughs> that, so that hasn't changed from the old days when I was sitting there reading your guide for each part before I would do it. It hasn't changed one bit. Do you think guides are, are still useful? Oh, yes. Even the, even the ones that are coming out these days. Because one of the things, one of the impressions that I have is that games have gotten somewhat easier since I started, you know, back in the 80s and early 90s. You know, they help you through the process more themselves. I think, like, for people who buy guides nowadays, if you're buying a published guide, it's more because you love the work of a game that you want to have another all right. item I mean, of it for your collection. But when it comes to, like, guides on the internet or just guides in general, I still think they're very useful. I mean, games don't have the same type of, like, secrets that games would have had back in the day where things are harder to figure out or things would be downright hidden or just not there, that that's changed because players don't want that. Like, I feel like there's probably things in Final Fantasy three that were very well hidden. I can't think of off the top of my head, unfortunately, but I know there were things in there that I probably wouldn't have figured out if I didn't have your guide to tell me, go do this or this <laughs> is there like certain hidden items. It's been a while since I played six, but <laughs> there's always things like there was a lot of things like that. I felt like back in the Super Nintendo era where they would hide stuff and you would learn things. And since you, we didn't have the internet the way that we have the internet now, you would rely on guides or people telling you things and sometimes people who told you stuff that were lying to you. <laughs> uh, like one example, in uh, Final Fantasy VI, there's a, um, a, a sword you get, Ragnarok. And if you get the sword, you're able to learn the Ultima spell from the sword, but nowhere does the game really tell you that. It's very well hidden. And also the same idea with the cursed, I think it's the cursed shield in Final Fantasy III where... It doesn't tell you how to uncurse it. You would need some. You would need to know that you have to carry it in battle with you for I forget like like a hundred battles in order for it to get uncursed. And then I think it also can teach you Ultima if I remember correctly. Well, that's yeah, that's that's a good example of what I was talking about. How how games back then there were there were things that were just deeply hidden. Like I don't remember if it's in your guide. Like the best place to go in FF three to level is you go to this little forest on an island that's full of dinosaurs. <laughs> Where if you fight a Brachiosaurus, you get one of the best items in the game. One of the best relics, I think, is the one that makes things cost one MP, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. But it's stuff that I feel like you wouldn't find on your own unless you really were digging through a game. Like, I knew where they are now, but looking back, it's nothing I would have found in, in today's world. And also, um, one question I want to ask you about the guide that... When you were when you do when you did the Final Fantasy three guy was it were, you said you weren't working with SquareSoft did you because I I want to say was this um something that was I did licensed by Nintendo them. I'm sorry I did talk to them on occasion but just it wasn't a regular thing okay and I I didn't have really a sort of a, a design document for the game or anything like that okay I think that's what I meant to say 
But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, you're all good. I'm just thinking to myself like, oh yeah. What I wanted to ask was like, it was when when you did guides. Was it something that like Nintendo had much to do with it at this time? I don't recall talking to Nintendo. Okay. So if if so, it was not my pay grade. <laughs> yeah, they probably didn't talk much at that time. Just knowing the way I know Nintendo. No, I just heard. I, I, I had no contact with them. I, I you know I I spoke to the folks at Squaresoft now and then when I got stuck on something or was aware that I was stuck on something. But um, for the most part, the guide was, you know, it was a, a solo affair. Which is very interesting when I look at it. Like, as I'm right now, I'm just kind of flipping through it and just and just seeing the way the different things are laid out. I remember catching my attention when I was a kid. Oh, it's just one of those games that I, I love so much. <laughs> and I always remember, because in certain parts in, your, in, in this guide, you have where they would you broke out like talking about the different espers that you can get at different areas and what they would do and i remember just going over and over and just looking at all this stuff it was so interesting to me i would just sit here and just open the book and just look at it and just you know try to read everything and be so prepared okay i definitely do want to i didn't mean to reread it i didn't get around to it yet but i i really am tempted to sit down and reread this book <sighs> enough of that uh, <laughs> I, um, one of the last questions i wanted to ask you so, yeah, I did ask you what games you're currently playing. You said uh, Fallout 4. Fallout 4, Fallout 3. Waiting like everybody else for the price of the PS5 and the uh, <laughs> Xbox Series S to, X to uh, sort of come back down from the stratosphere. <laughs> oh, is there any game that you're looking forward to to playing here on the new system or something that would grab your attention more, like an mm-hmm. RPG? On the PS5... Or and PS4, I got into Dying Light some ways back, and Dying Light Two is definitely something I want to play. Okay. Um, and on on, I guess it's going to be uh, an Xbox exclusive now. Uh, Starfield when it does come out from Bethesda, and uh, the the Horizon uh, Zero Dawn sequel, which I think is called Forbidden West, if memory serves. Yes. God, I forget that's coming out. <laughs> I, I'm, I I doubt this year. Um, I, I'm not. I'm, I, I don't think they've they've they've. I don't think they've announced a date for that yet. They haven't. It's it's it won't be this year. No. I just know it's it's coming. I I forget about that. I also loved Horizon. I just love the story of that game. What really oh, yeah. brought me in. I still love a good story in a game. That to me, that's the most important thing. Still, <laughs> I love a story that really grabs you. Yeah. I was trying to think what else. Uh, I'm I'm curious about uh, what they do with uh, what um, Bioware is going to do with Dragon Age. I've I've not I've not seen the remastered version of uh, of uh, uh, Mass Effect, but I know there's something else coming in that world. Uh, yes. So you know I'm I'm sort of I, it's it's funny talking about this because I mean you take me back. 20 years, I'd be able to just babble on about <laughs> all these games that were coming or things that I'd seen or heard of or had, you know, gotten tidbits on. And now it's just, you know, I have, you know, very, my experience is sort of sheltered, you know, now that I'm, you know, X distance from, uh, you know, as I said, 14 years from, from my last book. I'm not, I'm not, you know, 
perhaps I'll discover new things. I'd, I'd, I'd also, you know, I love that game. Uh, let me pronounce this way. Kingdom Come Deliverance. Oh. I'm with that. Okay. I have a copy of that. I've been meaning to try at some point. Give it, give it a try. It surprised me. The, you know, it's, it's one of those things that like when I, I, I didn't, I didn't quite give it its due when, when I first played that I would, you know, focus on little, little things that bug me. And, you know, the more I, and that's another game I've played like three times, the more I come back to it, the more I love it. And I guess there's going to, I don't know if it, I've, I've heard that there's going to be a sequel to that. Uh, from Warhorse, but it, it's not. From what I understand, it's not a sequential sequel. It's not taking up the story where it ended. It's advancing it, you know, uh, to a, a, another era in history. So you know, maybe it's 16th century. That'd be interesting. I'll have to. I'll have to take a look at that game. It's been on my yeah. list. Dude, I've just been neglecting it. <laughs> I think you'd like it. And. There's just, you know, to be honest with you, you know, I can only afford so many. So, you know, I, I have to pick and choose very carefully. Oh, yeah. Now, there's always so many great games that come out. Right. But I, I do want to thank you for taking time out today to talk with me. It was, it's been very nice to talk with, you know, someone that wrote a book that always meant a lot to me as a kid. It's just my pleasure indeed. And, uh, you know, if there's anything else you need, please let me know. I will. And I, I said, so thank you very much for your time. And you said that you do have other writing projects that might be coming in the future? Writing. I missed that. I'm sorry. Oh, just writing projects. Like if you have anything upcoming in the future yet? I have probably about 20 short stories that are in various stages of completion. You know, one probably closer than others. Sort of a, sort of a, a non-zombie zombie story. That's the only only way I can think of to describe it. It's not, you know, not your typical zombie is all I can say. Okay. (laughs) But I, you know, I, I had it done and indeed it was going to be, it was going to be published in an online magazine and I began to have second thoughts about it and I still have those second thoughts. I need to, there needs to be more to it than there is. So I'm, I'm still thinking about that one. Okay. Hopefully, I, I will get to read other writings of yours in the future. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. And if you in, and if you enjoyed this episode, we have tons of other episodes for you to go check out. Just go scroll through our library of episodes that we have. We cover game, we cover movies, we cover comics. So definitely go check that out. You're definitely bound to find something that catches your interest. And we also will be covering Final Fantasy VI hopefully soon from the time that you're hearing this. I have plans <laughs> to cover that monster of a game. And also want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Tony from ZP Bite the Bullet, Song the Cool Kid Squad. You will see a link in the show note. And we also have a Patreon. If you want to help out the show for as little as a dollar, you can sign up to our Patreon. You'll see a link in the show notes. And you can vote in our monthly polls that we that we have. So definitely go check that out. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. You can find us all on there. And I want to thank everyone for listening. And we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.